Well, hello there. I'm Karen Sander. You are listening to Aging Fearlessly, a program for the over 50s, those uniquely wonderful baby boomers. My aim is to educate, motivate and inspire you to embrace the exciting journey of life for decades to come. So stay tuned to meet a variety of guests who will share their stories and passions to help us gain insight into the ways to live a happier, healthier life. Well, help. Well, hello, everyone. Where do the weeks go? Here we are again, and talking about things to do with aging fearlessly for the over 50s. My guest today is Peter Anthony, and Peter has joined me before. He is a positive psychologist. So welcome, Peter. G'day, Karen. G'day, viewers. Listeners, not Listeners, viewers. not viewers. Oh, you can't see they... us, thank God. Oh, yeah, thank goodness <laughs> I can't see us. You're in your tracky-dackies again. <laughs> Do you ever get out of those tracky duckies? No, no, I like being comfy. Oh, That's okay. why I like radio. I've got a, I've got a face for radio, as they say. Oh, so have I. Um, so positive psychology, just update us on what positive psychology is. Well, positive psychology, as many of the listeners would know, is a, is a branch of psychology that began in about 1998 when uh, Martin Seligman and others decided to, rather than just uh, helping people that are ill uh, in with psychological conditions, look at people that are well and help them to flourish and to live the best possible lives that they can. And that's something that I've been dedicated to studying and teaching for, for quite a while. You and I discussed what we would talk about and I think you've come up with a fabulous topic. What's your story? Yeah, it's interesting. Stories are a, a, a key aspect of positive psych, and there's lots of parts of stories that we can we can explore, uh, which I'm I'm keen to today. Yeah, well, I think in life, our own children love to hear our stories. And, you know, all through life, the way we've evolved is partly through storytelling. Yeah, exactly. I mean, if you look at look at cultures, cultures are, are basically a collection of stories. If you look at traditional Aboriginal and Indigenous culture, it's a group of stories. You look at the traditional Australian culture, and it's a, it's a group of stories to, uh, going back to people like Captain Cook and Dirk Hartog and others. And we can look at our family stories, our stories of how we do things, how we do Christmas, how we do birthdays. You can look at culture. You can look at uh, organizations and companies. And uh, you can look at jokes, which are stories. And even dating. You look at dating. When you first meet someone, one of the first things you'd like to know about them is what's your story? Who are you? And that that story can become very important with regards to how well you can connect together. Mm. So stories aren't just for the movies, are they? No, not just for the movies. I mean, movies are a great example of stories. And when you look at movies, you're looking at something that's the average spend on a movie is about $180 million. So you're looking at some of the best storytellers in the world gathering in Los Angeles to to write and and construct and film great stories. So one of the reasons we like films is because we we like that story and that story is a particular version called a hero's journey where we we meet someone uh, who's the hero of the story at the beginning of the film that hero has more and more challenges it gets it's amped up or ramped up as the uh, as the movie unfolds and finally in the in the resolution at the end the hero's learned something about himself or about herself or about a relationship or about uh, even a, a spy adventure and we feel somehow satisfied. And the reason we're satisfied is that we're watching ourselves. We're watching ourselves on a hero's journey because 
we're the hero in in our lives. I'm going to ask you, what do you think my favourite genre of movie is? <laughs> That's a difficult one to guess. I would, oh, I bet uh, it's not hard. <laughs> romantic? Yes. Romantic comedies or just romance? Yeah, romantic comedies. Yeah. Really yeah. love a good romantic comedy. A, a good romantic comedy, like When Harry Met Sally or... Something more oh, yeah, some of the scenes when Harry met Sally that are just, <laughs> well, everybody will know the scene I'm talking about in the cafe or the restaurant, and oh, it's hilariously funny. It's the one I think I'll have what she's having. Oh, that's the one. That's the one. That's the one. And it's interesting, you know, when you look at films like that and look at um, successful films like um, Bridget, uh, Bridget Jones's Diary. That's I think another of my favourites. Favorite. I, think, I think that uh, those sorts of films will resonate more with women than with men because men find it hard to see themselves as Bridget Jones. I mean, men probably would resonate more with films like a Shawshank Redemption or even the old school Rocky films because... And the reason for that is that we're watching ourselves, we're watching our journey, and we'd like, no matter how much challenge we're facing, and we know as we age fearlessly, those challenges just just ramp up as opposed to as opposed to disappear. We'd like to know that we we too can find the resources or the knowledge, the relationship or the mentors to meet our challenges and uh, and have a happy ending. And these stories, I'm I'm going backtracking here because Bridget Duck Jones, you just hit another one of my favourites. <laughs> There's a scene in that where she's on the lounge in a gym jams with a yeah. bottle of red singing all by myself. <laughs> I think that's the beginning of the... I think that's how the movie begins. Oh, it's... I just love it. And I think sometimes if you're home and, you know, you've had those moments where you're on your own and a bottle of wine and you've gone all by myself... I won't sing it because you'll all just switch all radios off. Yeah, yeah, I'm not even game to do that. <laughs> and the other one is it's raining men because, oh, man... Wouldn't it be great if it yeah. was just raining men? Because there's, it's like you know, men are there's there's a dry patch. There's there's not so many men out there these no, days. No, there's it's, not. Um, there's I, many more women than men. I've heard all the good ones are gone. All the good ones are taken. That's the that's the myth that that uh, that I hear. And uh, when I think of films, I, I like to think of movies like Shawshank Redemption. And uh, one of the, mm. the great lines that comes towards the end uh, when they're talking about hope, and they say, um, "Hope is a good thing, maybe the best thing, and no good thing ever dies." And that film's all about keeping hope alive, and no matter how bad your circumstances get, that when you do hope and you do have that positive intention that those good things are much more likely to happen we're going to go to a song in a minute but um the green mile is another one of my favorites i think that's just a fabulous story the song that you've chosen here by bruce springsteen you said romeo and juliet i called it romeo and juliet you know here's me searching for romeo and juliet by bruce springsteen and i realized i had to do a broader search do you know the name of the song? Well, you told me that it's called The Fire. It's just called the Fire. Fire. And the reason I chose this song is that Romeo and Juliet, obviously it's a it's a it's a classic Shakespearean story, but it's a the song is also a story and my favorite songs are ballads, which are effectively stories and this describes a, a time of my life when I was in love, but I was in love at the wrong time. Peter, what's the point of talking about stories? Well, the point is that for thousands of years, we've learned things through stories. And whether they're legends or whether they're myths or whether they're fairy tales, from from the cradle onwards, that's how we like to receive information. And up until about the 1700s when Gutenberg invented the printing press, it was a completely oral tradition. So we've been hardwired, if you like. Our DNA likes to receive things through stories. So... Why do we love a great story? Why do we love it? Well, 
I think the reason we love it is that stories trigger emotions in us and they trigger emotions that other forms of communication can't match. I mean, some recent research suggested that in our personal lives, about 80% of our conversations are stories. We go home and watch TV shows at night, which are stories. We talk to our friends about stories. We introduce ourselves by way of who we are. When we're at work, we talk about cultures and leaders talk about their leadership journey or their leadership stories. We're surrounded by stories and for good reason, that's that's how we connect. I've thought of it. Are women better at telling stories? Women are better at telling stories than men are and women are better at talking than men are, as us blokes know. And that's uh, one reason why women have a much higher EQ than men do because storytelling is a is a high marker for uh, emotional intelligence. Why I ask this question, because a friend of mine once said, if I ask a simple question, usually you in particular, Karen, will go the long way around answering that and take 10 minutes to get to the answer when you could have said, I hung the clothes on the line. And, but I've gone off in, well, after I did the washing, I got caught up doing blah, 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 blah. And then I hung the washing on the line. Yeah, yeah. And so we want to go into all of this long-winded way around answering a simple question. Yeah. It's interesting that was something my my mother taught me when I was quite young. She was she loved telling stories. She came from an, an Irish uh, country background and mm. one of the things that she used to encourage me to do was to she she would say to me, suspend your need to need a conclusion and just listen to the story. And she came from a family of great storytellers. But stories aren't just an irrelevant um, collection of, of detail. Stories need to have certain guidelines to make them work really well. Do you want to outline some of those guidelines? Yeah, well, stories... When you think about great stories, and we've talked about movies already, when you talk about great stories, they're usually about one main person. There's one main person in the story... That person meets some challenge. There's a series of events that happen that are caused by each other. Usually something surprising happens. And at the end, there's some sort of lesson or some sort of point to the story. If it, if it doesn't have those sort of characteristics, it's not really a story. It's just a, a random collection of ideas, which can be interesting. But I know I've got a very good mate of mine that I... I talk to a lot of mornings after my swim down at Manly. He's very good. He happens to be Spanish, and if he's listening, he'll know who I'm talking about. He's very good at just starting on long, rambling diatribes about something, and we all get very confused. That's not a story. A story is something that that really leaves you with a with something important that you may you may have known already. Well, I'm sure some people just like to hear their own voice, but they think they're telling a story, but they're just hearing their own voice. Yeah, and, and we know, those of us that are parents too, know that stories are, are an awesome way to communicate with their kids. I know my little girl, Belle, who's now... 14 uh, and she was little she hated me reading her stories and she said dad tell me stories i made up this character called nipper the detective dog um who who was on always on adventures and and she loved hearing about and she would add to as the story unfolded the only challenge became she wanted nipper stories every night i put her to bed which were most nights so one of my um, my big my big goals when I was travelling back on a plane was to think about the latest the latest adventure Nipper could have and uh, how I could tell that to my daughter. Did you ever put it on paper? I have written the stories down uh, because I used to write the stories down to remember that to to tell her, and she would always, as only she can, embellish and add to the stories too. And one of the things that she's asked me to do just recently, which I really love her for, is that her and I are going to write these stories down together. That's a that's a wonderful thing to do together, and especially as a father daughter thing because you know you you might find something really really creative and 
share it with others. Yeah, yeah. She she liked those stories, and and, and we we know um, us us parents know that that's um, a great way that uh, the kids the kids learn things. They learn about morals. They learn about ethics. They'll learn about the right ways to live from these fairy tales, legends, and the stories that we tell them. The first time ever I saw your face. Yes, this is a great, oh, what a perfect segue. This wasn't even organized this way. I've loved this song for as long as I can remember from Roberta Flack. And I remember when um, my my wife first told me she was pregnant, I knew that it was a daughter. I thought, there's two things I can't wait for. I can't wait to see your face, and I can't wait to talk to you. And this song is a dedication to my daughter, the first time ever I saw your face 14 years ago. And it was written in 1972. Peter, that actually was the soundtrack for a very famous movie starring Steve McQueen and Jessica Walter, Play Misty for Me, okay. which was a very dark movie. It's interesting how songs can have different meanings to different people. Yeah, like often a song um, takes you to a spot or a time in your life where you remember. Do you remember the old song, A Band of Gold? Yeah. That takes me to holiday times in my last year of high school, which was about 1973. I think songs are a good example of stories and, and songs really, the best ones evoke an emotion and that same emotion could come for us from different places because clearly that, when that was originally written, it was a romantic song between a a man and a woman, whereas for me it's the way I felt about my daughter when I first saw her when she was born. It's the same emotion, but you can experience it in, uh, in different circumstances. How can stories help us to age fearlessly? That's a great question. And when you think about our stories, uh, for us that are ageing fearlessly, when we're in our teens and our 20s and even 30s, we never think we're going to be 50, 60 or 70, or I certainly didn't. And we've got a story that we maybe invented or thought about then about how we'd be now. And often that story can serve us, but often too it can not service as well. So as we age fearlessly, what we may need to do is really examine the story of who we think we are and why we think we're here and what we're designed to contribute. Look at it really closely and think about, well, knowing what we now know as adults uh, on this journey, whether a different story may serve us more effectively. And I think we all have parts of our lives that are a story that we need to change or we need to listen to and go, really, that's not true. Yeah, or, or reinterpret. Maybe I'm, I'm not a big fan of the truth because I know the truth can set us free. But when we look back over our lives and our experiences, we know that experiences that we have when we're 20, we interpret with a 20-year-old mind and a 20-year-old set of circumstances. Our experiences when we're 30, we, we, we interpret with that brain. But with, with the mind and experience and emotional maturity we have now, we can sometimes look back on those experiences and really see them for what they really are and, and maybe look at them not being so much disasters or challenges or problems, but more as really uh, guide points. When there's a great, um, a great YouTube you can look at, which is um, a YouTube of Steve Jobs, addressing the Stanford commencement address. Just um, have, just, just Google uh, Steve Jobs Stanford. And one of the great stories he tells there is the story of, of how when he looks back over his life, he knows that the dots joined when he looks back over it. But when he was actually experiencing his life, he wasn't sure why things were happening. It's a really interesting perspective um, as we age fearlessly. Mm, and I listened to 
or I think about some of the stories that I probably played in my mind as a teenager, because, you know, I don't, well, I do talk about this. I suffered very badly in my 20s and 30s and as a teenager from anxiety. You know, I sort of have a general anxiety disorder and getting through that at times was, you know, the stories I was telling myself weren't necessarily, they weren't serving a purpose. And now I can look back on them and I understand sort of how those stories evolved but I'm, I'm able to work on them and fix them and, you know, see it for the light or see them in true light. That's true. And, and a lot of what I do in, in my coaching practice with people is help them understand what their stories are and how to potentially reinterpret those stories to get a, a better result. I know when I was, I was 16, I, I fell in love what I thought was the first time. It ended tragically, as most 16-year-old romances do. And I thought I would never feel again like I felt for her. And I was, uh, that began me on, on, on a road of writing poetry and getting very dark. Have you <laughs> and, kept those poems? Because I'd like to read a few. I've, st- I've, still, I've still got those poems, um, <laughs> unfortunately, uh, or, or fortunately. And it just, it just makes me chuckle now. But uh, then I was, I was ready to walk off the balcony uh, because I just thought um, I'd never get to love anyone like that. Isn't Never young again. love just amazing, though? It's, it's um, amazing. It's tragic. It's dark. It's 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 to be experienced, and it's uh, it, it's a good example of a story that that you can you can look at in in retrospect and reinterpret. And we should be looking at the stories of our lives as ways that can maximise our own happiness and well-being and help uh, maximise the happiness and well-being of people around us. Yes, and yeah, I agree. So, um, can st- can we use? Um, can you use stories at work as well? Oh, absolutely. Uh, when you look at the best leaders, the best leaders are storytellers. Uh, if, if you if you can think of someone that you've you've uh, you've been led by that that you really enjoyed uh, being with, they were people that probably knew how to tell three stories really well. One story was a story of who they are as a leader. Uh, the other story would would be about who we are as a culture and as an organisation, and also a story about who our um, who our customers are and, and why we're here to dedicate ourselves to, um, to serving them. And when you look at the best companies, you look at companies like, say, Virgin, for example, Richard Branson. He's got a great sense of who he is. He tells a uh, and he's got a great story of who that who that Virgin organisations are, and he's got a uh, he's got a great stories around uh, who his who his customers are. And I got a chance to um, to meet him in a in a, a presentation a couple of years ago, and I asked him this question. I said, uh, Mr. Branson, it's interesting that you work across so many different uh, uh, industries and companies. You're in the airline business, the banking business, you're in the fitness business. And he said, no, I'm only in one business, and that's delighting my customers. And it, it was the same person to him that was on his airlines, in his mm. financial organizations, and in his gymnasiums. And his job was just to make sure that they were delighted by that experience. Another leader... Um, that I really like liked his past now was Nelson Mandela Um, especially because he didn't focus when he came out of prison the negatives of that he just got on with his life to make a better life and he 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 was true to himself and I I really I really loved um, listening to to him and hearing the things that he was doing yeah and he's got and he is a, a a story a story as a leader you think of someone that was a a an activist that got imprisoned and treated horrifically on on uh, on the island where he was imprisoned and he came out just full of love and compassion for the people that imprisoned him because he he knew that only through that uh, that compassion 
he could uh, unite that uh, that country. So his story became the story of the country. Mm. And that's a great example of how a story can unify. And I think the people who were his guards in the prison actually learned to love him too, just mm. because of who he was. Um, with or without you? With or without you, you too. Mm-hmm. Another great story, another great romantic song. Uh, I can't live with or without you. You love that song, don't you? I do love that song. I love Bono. I love you too. They're a great story in themselves, a great band. We were having a nice chat while that was playing. You were re- reminiscing over past, well, history in your life. <laughs> uh, yes, I was. I was reminiscing about being in love and listening to that song and uh, it it's really anchoring some some fantastic memories. What are the most important stories to tell, Peter? The most important stories to tell, there's a couple of key ones. Uh, one of them, one of the key stories is who you are and that's who you are to yourself as much as who you are to others and get very clear on understanding authentically who you are and why you're here. That's that's one one key one key um, story to think about. And the other other key story to think about is um, is why you're here to yourself like what why are why are you on this earth and as we age fearlessly we think more about this and think more about the legacy we'd like to leave the legacy with our family with our friends with our community and elsewhere so you think about uh, why um, why are you here why are you on this earth and whether you've got a religious or philosophical bent on that or not it's it's much more worthwhile and all the good positive psychology research suggests that people that have got a a good enough reason why to um, t- to live and to contribute are much happier and uh, and more effective. The other story to be thinking about is um, is what you believe and how you can explain that by way of story because what you believe works much better as a story than as a fact. Mm. I was thinking when you were speaking then about at the end of your life, what do you want to be remembered for? And I guess when you're thinking about why you're here, it's, well, if, why am I here? What do I really want to be remembered for? Yeah, and you can think about that as a story too. Uh, one of the, the practices uh, we use in, in coaching is, is, the, is the eulogy. Mm, and you can, it's a you, common one. And you can imagine yourself, um, imagine somebody speaking at your graveside about you and about who you are and, and why, why we're all here to, to celebrate your life. And that's a useful thing to be thinking about. And it's a... It's a great story to to write in advance because when you think about when you think about it, stories are invented twice. They're invented once in your imagination, and they're invented secondly in reality. Mm. So a lot of this is about really thinking about the story of your life. And as we age fearlessly, we're getting closer to the end, and we're never quite sure when that's going to be. So there's no good time like now to think about what that story may be for you. And I think telling a story, even making a story in your head and thinking about it is is very creative thinking. It is creative and it's a, it's a really great way to journal. It's we've, uh, When you think about journaling and think about what your story may be, it's, it's a very useful way to both reinterpret the past based on what you, what you know now to be true and also uh, what legacy you'd like to leave. Yeah, I was only thinking the other day that I've actually never um, done the eulogy writing. However, the opening section of my book talks about how old I am. It asks the question, how old am I? But don't give me a number. Write it in words. Hmm. And there's a couple of parts in that when I wrote 
uh, that particular piece that even when I read them back now, I cry. Yeah. Because it's, look, I get emotional now. It's about I understand the person that I am now and that, um, you know, accepting others and accepting yourself for who you are. And I remember once reading it to my girlfriend, Tracy, and she just burst into tears and she just said, oh, my God, you have just summed me up in three sentences there. Mm. And I was really proud of that, that it actually brought out an emotion in her that she related to. It was was a gorgeous moment. Yeah. And you can think about in your family, when you think about family members that they've passed or people you haven't seen for a while, there's... There are always stories that you tell about them that encapsulate them and the contribution they make to your family or to your life or to your your community. The key thing here is to think about making that more deliberate rather than making it accidental in terms of how people talk about you or carry your story on. Get a bit more deliberate about that and get more deliberate about making your life as meaningful as it possibly can be. Hmm. That's what stories are. Cold chisel. Flame Flame trees. Flame Trees, another a great ballad, a great story um, about the number one, the number two, and number three. Another great story about love, <laughs> and I hope you enjoy it. Well done, Peter, on that amazing Australian song. I love that one. Go the Aussies. Flame Trees. Mm, you really were just reminiscing again. Reminiscing again. I think many of us will listen to these songs and it will bring back times in our lives because a lot of these great songs anchor times, anchor relationships and anchor stories. And one of the reasons I chose those songs is they've got a lot of strong emotional triggers in them. And knowing what we now know, maybe we can reinterpret what those relationships really meant to us. Do you think we should write our stories down? We need to write them down. I'm a strong believer in journaling. I think if if stories really do guide our lives, which they do, it's important to write them down and to think about uh, what stories we'd like to live by. People talk a lot about goals, setting goals, and uh, working towards goals. Well, goals don't really work in isolation. Goals work in the context of an overall life story. And I'd strongly encourage us to think about our future, whether it's one, two, three, four, five years, and think about what the story of our life will be then and remind ourselves regularly about what story we'd like to co-create and make sure that every day on the journey we're moving towards that story and be more deliberate in how we live and less, less, less living the life that happens by circumstance because... There's really two ways we can live. We can live our own story or we can live somebody else's. And that's not authentic. And that's not authentic. So it's important to write it down. It's important to remind ourselves about what it is. What's important to tell our, ch- our, our children, our kids in stories? Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. That's a great question. There's one of, one, of my, one of my heroes, Martin Seligman, has written an outstanding book. It's called Your Optimistic Child. And I encourage uh, listeners to, to check it out. That's Seligman, S-E-L-I-G-M-A-M, Your Optimistic Child. And one of the things he talks about there is is telling our our kids stories that have got an an optimistic theme running through them. And uh, he's been instrumental in helping uh, 
studios write movies that are optimistic and parents tell stories that are optimistic. Optimism, basically, it isn't this happy, happy, joy, joy thing. It's more about thinking about um, a life, a life that we can control, a life we, we can deliberately co-construct, and a life where where bad events don't happen uh, that often and we can control their, their impact and good events are contagious and, uh, and, last, uh, and last forever. So check that out. So it's important to tell our stories to our kids that have got an optimistic theme running through them. And I think we hear so many pessimistic pieces of news these days uh, that they, we play those in our head. And I think kids hear them. And it's not healthy for them to hear them. No, there's a couple of good things there, Karen. One is that um, news is inherently pessimistic. It's a lot about uh, police reports of murder and sabotage and terrorism and so forth. I don't like listening to news. I I deliberately tune news out unless it's crucial that um, I'm aware of. So I'd suggest we, we tune the news out and... And uh, and think about all the uh, there might be one murder in Sydney today, but there's another three or four million people that, that didn't get murdered. Yeah. It, yeah. When you think about the news, it's 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 almost it's almost funny in how in how much uh, n- non bad news happens. And I like to think of myself as an inverse paranoid. I mean, paranoids believe the world's there to conspire against them. I like to think of the the world as a place that conspires to do me well and when i'm in that stream uh, good things uh, happen to me all the time crowded house something so something so strong another great ballad you love your ballads i love my ballads tell me why i love my ballads because because the ballads are stories and i think uh, the best ballads are ones that we can all resonate with why this one why this one? Well, Crowded House are an Australian band. There are actually a New Zealand band for the Kiwis that are listening. Um, we claim you. And, and something so strong can carry us all away. I've only got a couple more questions because we're getting close to having to wind up, Peter. Doesn't that time go so fast? It does go quick, doesn't it? Can stories be therapeutic? They can be. They can be. When you think about therapy, whether it's professional therapy or just the therapy you get from being with great friends, One of the things you should really think about from today is what stories you're telling yourself, particularly what stories you're telling yourself that make you feel unhappy or sad or depressed or the sort of stories that wake you up at two or three in the morning and think about what they are and think about how they're not true and how you can really embrace better, more effective, more resourceful stories to be better for you and for the people around you. Mm. Well, I certainly am going to write my eulogy over the next week, and it's funny that you said this today because I have been journaling the last couple of weeks, some days quite successfully and some days not so. And that's probably because I don't allocate the time. I'm Mm. always doing it on the run. And as you know, I do a lot of things on the run. You do. And I'm not proud of doing things on the run because I think time management, especially when you're a busy person, is vital, especially giving yourself time to do things properly. That's right. That's right. And, and as, we, as, we, as we do age and as we do reach the, the best years of our lives, 
It's important to think about uh, the moments becoming more important, the days, the weeks, the months becoming more important, and what becomes more important is what story you'd like your life to tell. And it's reaching that stage where each moment and each minute and each conversation we have becomes more and more important. So I'd encourage you to write that story down and make sure that you're moving towards it and making that story become more of a reality, a bit like a movie would from a storyboard to uh, a movie theatre and think about what sort of stories would you like your friends and family to say about you and what can you do now to make that story come true. Great advice. You don't have to respond to this, but you've written here the best advice. I asked your question, what's the best advice you've ever been given? You said life is about people, not things. And this is advice from your mum. That's my mum. My mum was my best mentor, the best storyteller. Um, She passed away a year ago um, from dementia and Alzheimer's and I was her carer um, when, when that happened, which was a was a a great privilege and uh, she was the person that was the the best storyteller I know and her life was an an awesome story for me and for her family and uh, one of the main reasons I'm here is to do the best I can to follow in her footsteps. Well, I have to say goodbye, Peter. Thanks for joining me again today. (laughs) Goodbye, Karen. I think you're just going to have to be a regular around here. I might need to be a regular, come back and talk to you guys more often. Yeah, because I really love great content and just helping the listeners out there just to think about the things in their lives. You know, they can choose to do something with it or they can choose not to. But I really hope that if someone out there knows someone with a great story, go to my Facebook page, uh, Aging Fearlessly. And don't forget, I have to say, aging has an E, by the way, in Australia, Canada, New Zealand. And contact me. Or I do have a, a um, an email, karen.agingfearlessly at gmail.com. Just tell me about this person because I, I love to have other people's stories and to share them. So you're more than welcome to contact me. And right now, I'm going to say goodbye. Goodbye. Bye, Peter. And until next time, come and join us on Aging Fearlessly for another hour of chit-chat. Bye. So this is it for today's program. It's time to say cheerio to the wonderful Northern Beaches community. Join me next week for another episode of Aging Fearlessly. And now for a song written by Nick Howard, especially for the listeners. This is Karen Sander. Have a fantastic week. And remember, aging is inevitable and growing old is a choice. The sun is shining bright outside. There's a sparkle in your it's not all nine to five, it's a wonderful life. Let's go and climb mountains high, swim across oceans wide. Live out our dreams, just you and me. Let your heart be alive. There's no time to wait. Gotta go get the most out of time Don't be
Like this treasure that you've got to find Baby, don't be shy Let's go and take that ride Taste the sweet and the spice Everything nice Let your heart be alive Baby, just let your heart come alive Honey, let your heart be alive 